Absolutely, because most of the things that I am good at, I was never good at in the beginning. And because the pain of not being good at it was so strong, right? I knew if I just put in the time, the practice, if I practice more than other people around me, eventually there's going to be a time where my skill set's going to surpass theirs. Absolutely. The people watching the podcast and listening to the podcast want to learn. And the actions, the things that I did was just a model and a duplication of the people that I was following. And saying to myself, hey, you're still JCMF Rangel. All right, welcome guys to the Driven Not Given podcast. And listen, man, this is the official first podcast that we are recording uh, live. The first one was a pilot. And not only is this the first one, but this is the first one with an interview. As I mentioned before, I'm going to be doing some, some solo ones and some with the interview. And I couldn't be more excited about the guests that I've got today. This gentleman I've known probably for about a decade and a half. And when I met this guy, the funny thing is that we come from the same industry and public speaking is something that we've both done for a long time. But I remember when I met him, I said, this guy's better than me. This guy's a better speaker than me, better trainer than me. And as time went on, I realized five years ago, 10 years ago, and I'm like, this dude is still better than me. He's one of the best public speakers and trainers that you're ever going to hear. Successful entrepreneur, impacting lots of people for many, many years, right? I've got the privilege of calling this guy a friend of mine. Right, and I'm very excited for him to be on the podcast. Julian Don, how you doing, brother? I'm doing great, man. A little offended. I thought we were brothers. Now I'm downgraded to a friend. Oh, man. No, no. We're brothers, man. Brothers from kidding. another mother. Yeah, yeah. Let's get it, bro. I'm excited to have you on, man. And, you know, I just want to shoot the shit with you, man. And, okay. you know, uh, I, I see your videos. A lot of people follow your videos. And I want, I want to learn. The people watching the podcast and listening to the podcast want to learn. So tell us a little bit about your background, you know what I mean, and how you got into what you're doing right now. Okay. I mean, my background's pretty simple. Uh, I grew up in a traditional Asian family. My parents both worked super hard. They were gone in the morning, coming home late at night. Um, but growing up was kind of hard for me. I was very, very socially awkward. And social, there's two types of socially awkward, right? One is the person that's like introvert, that's quiet. And the other one's like the talks too much and wouldn't stop. And I was the second one, and most people don't know this about me, but I'm like high functioning on the levels of autism. So like I can't understand certain social cues. Okay. Like so growing up, like I didn't understand jokes. I didn't understand like, you know, like I said, social cues. Like if I overstayed my welcome or whatever it is, I would say the randomest things at the most inappropriate times. Mm. And for me, you know, most of my motivation growing up was just to be accepted and be liked. And what's crazy is you know, when I was introduced to network marketing and I got started for different reasons than most people, most people wanted to make money, most people wanted the free time. I got started because they sold me that number one, it's a positive environment, which I wanted to be around because I was so used to being around negative people. Right. I wanted to make friends, but they told me they'll teach me communication, they'll teach me how to connect with people. And that's all I've wanted my whole entire life. So it's kind of crazy that, you know, I'm a speaker, I do transformation and all these different things. When growing up, I couldn't connect with people. I couldn't talk to people. I was misunderstood most of the time, and I never understood why. Interesting. So, yeah. You know, I would have never guessed that, bro. Since, since when did we meet? Probably two thousand six. Uh, two that more two thousand seven, two thousand eight, somewhere around that. Two thousand seven, yeah. two thousand eight. And you've always been so positive. So for you to tell me that, you know, the, what you just told me right now about what motivate you to get started, and and you know, when you were younger, that's very interesting because one can never tell. Yeah. Well, what's crazy about the whole polish thing? It's not so much anymore, but in 2007 when you met me, I was just really good at being coachable. So what I would do is I would literally listen to the information, I would write it out word for word, and I would practice in my car, and I would repeat it 
but not so much just the words, but I would try to repeat the tonality and the way they delivered it. Because even though I didn't understand it, I realized that because those things is what motivated people, if I could just copy the recipe, yes. it would make sense, yeah. Well, that's being a student of the game, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, some of those things I did, I would record, I would have a recorder when I started in network marketing, I would have a recorder and I would listen to them or some of their tapes. And I would study also their pauses. I would study their jokes and the way they set their jokes and whatnot. And so in that sense, I understand. And I even did that with martial arts. And that's something I want to talk to you about as well. I remember I got kicked out of junior high, uh, Southgate junior high, went to another junior high. And I would ask the teacher if I could go to the restroom. I'd go to the restroom, bro. And in the restroom, I would practice my karate in the restroom, right? Take a break from class to go practice karate in the restroom. And that's kind of like the mindset that I hear that you've got, right? Like you, it became something that you wanted to get good at and you don't get good at something you don't do, right? Right. right. So, and I can tell that you put that effort in because you're so good at it and you've been good at it for a long, long time, bro. And so do you, would you say that you're, because I want to talk about your martial arts and when you started, and, and do you think that that had something to do, and I think I know the answer to it, but do you think that has something to do with your 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 mindset and your results now? Absolutely, because most of the things that I am good at, I was never good at in the beginning. And because the pain of not being good at it was so strong, right? I knew if I just put in the time and the practice, if I practice more than other people around me, eventually there's going to be a time where my skill set's going to surpass theirs. Absolutely. So, yeah, so absolutely, man. I think martial arts is one of the greatest things that you can enroll somebody into, if not martial arts sports because of the yes. discipline, learning how to educate your emotions, discipline your emotions, learning how to take losses. That's right. And not just looking at it as losses, but looking at it as learning lessons, right? Right. What worked, what didn't work. Right. So, we win some, we learn some. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And uh, at what age did you start martial arts? I started at eight years old because I was like bullied, I was picked on. And really? My dad, you know, did traditional Taekwondo back in Vietnam. And so their Taekwondo was a lot different. It wasn't point scoring, whatever it is. Right, it was right. like they're, they're sparring to knock people out and do all these different right. things. And my dad, I guess, you know, was just so sick and tired of me having such a low confidence. And he wanted me to, be able to defend myself. So That's awesome. I dealt with that as well. Um, you know, as a kid, before I started martial arts, I was uh, to say I was a fat kid is an understatement. I was borderline obese. You know, a lot of people don't know really? that. Yes, a lot of people don't know that. You know, and I used, I remember, bro, before I started karate in elementary school, I used to lay down on the couch eating a chocolate donut, watching Bruce Lee movies, which is ironic, right? I'm watching yeah. Bruce Lee movies. This guy's in great shape, great martial artist, but I'm sitting down watching, eating a donut, laying down, not being active, not outside playing. Now, don't get me wrong. I would play outside, but I'm talking about this particular moment. But I always wanted to do martial arts. And I remember my mom, she could not afford to put me into martial arts. She put us in a school once. She couldn't afford any more than she took us out. Then we moved to a new place, and she put me in a school once. She could afford it for about a month or two, and then she couldn't afford it. But I ended up getting creative, and I asked the karate teacher, what can I do? I, I, we cannot afford it right now. And I asked, hey, what can I do? And he says, hey, if you come in here and you mop the floors, the mats, you clean the windows and the mirrors in the restroom and pick up the bags, you could train for that day. And if you do that every day, you could train for free. So most months, that's what I did. And so it was just an obsession. So to me, it helped me out tremendously. And so you did you did Taekwondo from age eight to what age? Like 16. 16. Yeah. And so did you get in shape? Were you a chubby kid? What was the situation? Um, I was actually super scrawny. I was like okay. 125 all the way up into 
senior year and then after that i joined network marketing and mm-hmm. in my first year i gained 50 pounds and i was 180 pounds wow and i scaled all the way up to 210 so you went to 210 pounds. 210 was my max yeah man that's yeah. That, that's above the light heavyweight division in the yeah. ufc man <laughs> yeah now here's the thing though you reinvented yourself bro yeah you even shared a picture and i, I remember when I met you, you weren't in shape. Now I see your Instagram. People see your Instagram. You're working out all the time. You've got the transformation cancer we're, we're going to get into. You got the tattoos, man. You're like a cool dude, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, But one of the things that I noticed, you're one of the people that I saw that you completely, in the last decade, reinvented yourself, bro. You were always sharp, but you were like a little bit chubby. You know yeah. what I'm saying? How did that happen, bro? How did you reinvent yourself? Well, I think cause in the beginning when you met me again, my, I think my sharpness came from my actions, things that I did, right? Right. And the actions, the things that I did was just a model and a duplication of the people that I was following. So there was a huge problem with that. The problem was I was doing the right actions, but there was a slight gap in like the lyrics didn't quite match the song. Like I knew what I was doing, but I didn't know why I was doing it. So I was sharp on the outside. And then the biggest transformation came when in 2009, when I went through my own transformation course. Okay. And, uh, you know, it's kind of funny how that came because, you know, obviously, you know, we had the same mentor, you know, um, you know, in that company and stuff. And I was paying my auto ship every single month and he kind of sat me down and he says, man, like, I feel so bad for you. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, you know, we became friends. I go, why do you feel bad for me? He goes, I honestly believe everybody can make it in this industry, but I'm starting to think maybe you don't have what it takes. Wow. Because, you know, I got to, you know, the simple rank because, you know, I brought some people over and whatever it is, but it never grew past that because I hit my lid. Like the people I brought over were never originally in my organization. They're just people that I built great relationships with and the opportunity was just better. You know, you and, you know, our friend Chris just kind of like surpassed everybody. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. I always looked up to you because you you had that connection, the mind and body connection, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so he sat down with me. He says, Julian, like, look, man, like you, you spend so much money. Um, you know, every single month. I don't know if you can do this or not. The least I can do is pay for you to go to this training. If you go to it, you get something out of it, great. But at least I know I did something for you, you know, as a friend. Wow. So whether you make money in this business or not, like, I'm okay with it. I'm content. But I'm also pretty sure because secretly he wanted me to make money, right? Sure. Um, and I went to that training. That's when I kind of figure out the secret. The secret was it's not what you do. It's who you need to be right. to do the things you need to do to have what you need to have. Mm. And so it was from there that I realized that, you know, we're not tied to our past. We're not who we used to be. In fact, in any moment, we can reinvent ourselves. And it's every moment's a blank canvas. Right. So then I started saying, okay, this whole entire time I'm trying to find myself. Well, what if the person that I'm trying to find is lost for a reason? And so I said, okay, maybe I need to create myself. And then so from there, I started with business first. Like, who are the people I look up to? What attributes do I like about them? Obviously, if I can spot in them, I know what it looks like. I can recreate it in myself. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how the process started. Um, as far as the weight loss, though, man, like, you know, coming out of that seminar, I got what I wanted for business because that's what I was looking for. Um, and I started making a lot of money in network marketing, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? You know, speaking all over the world, everything like that. But the other areas of my life weren't blended, and one of it was health. And I remember one day I was in an elevator in, in, um, in Seattle, Washington. I put my arms around my stomach, and I remember saying to myself, man, I'm fat. <laughs> but I thought I said it in my head, but I said it out loud, and everybody in the elevator laughed at me. And it was just like martial arts when I got beat up. It's yeah, all these different yeah. things. I was just like, never again. This, this hurts so right. bad. Never again. And I did something crazy. I, I went on the master cleanse for 30 days. Do you know, have you ever heard of the master cleanse? I've heard of it, but t- tell me a little bit more. So it's like in the morning you do a salt water flush, two tablespoons of, of uh, non-iodized sea salt that flushes everything out. And all day I would just drink water, uh, honey, cayenne pepper, and lemon. 
I did that for 30 days, literally a water no, fast no food, for 30 days. No food, only that. No food for 30 days. Wow. And like I lost a lot of weight, but I was super scrawny. And then I was like, man, you know what? That's not health either. Right. That's not fitness. And then so I started doing a bunch of different That's things. That's drastic. Yeah, because I was like, man, I might not know how to do it, but if someone's been able to do it, it's out there. I just got to find it's it. It's out there. Yeah. I mentioned this, you know, uh, nowadays everybody's the equivalent of a genius, right? All the information that we need is at the fingertips, right? Yep. You mentioned the information is out there. Most people don't achieve, you know, 50 Cent in 2001, I believe it was his first album. He said, the only excuse for being broke is being in jail. Being broke is one thing, uh, but also getting results. The only excuse for not getting results in really any area that you want is really lack of commitment, right? Yeah. And you mentioned for you, it was more like, I don't know, maybe desperation or insp- for you it was probably more inspiration and i people uh, go out there and they make drastic changes either out of inspiration or desperation yeah when you said damn i'm fat right and everybody heard would you say that was out of inspiration or desperation, desperation for desperation. sure I, I would say a good chunk of my life it was to avoid pain rather than running towards gaining pleasure mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i was wired that way you know for the, for a long time yeah. until i rewired it but it was definitely out of desperation which doesn't last as long. It's a great starter, right? But anytime that you attach something negative to something positive, a negative emotion to a positive achievement, it's hard to be consistent and, and to attain it and to be consistent with it. That that is such a key thing that it doesn't last as long. And I think that's one of the things that is important for people to get. And I got something out of that big time because it doesn't last as long as inspiration, right? And so one of the I believe, bro that everybody has kind of like a default that they're wired to, right? Whether that's in income, whether that's in weight, even with me, bro, like for, for me, my average weight is about 200 pounds. My ideal weight is about 190 though. Yeah, but I didn't look like you at 200 pounds. That was the only downside. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, it's true, it's true. Well, you know, you're a little bit, you know, you're not as tall as I am. And so, but my ideal weight is... 190 and I'm, I'm perfectly fine at 190 but I fluctuate between 200 and 205 but see back then my identity see my identity now is I know I'm gonna work out three four days a week I know that I'm gonna eat not super healthy but healthy and and that's one of the things as I get older you know I, I I'm starting to inter, you know intermittent fasting and eating yeah. right I take a lot of vitamins and stuff like that because the identity that I have is I'm going to go bell to bell. I'm going to I'm going to put everything in this day. One of the things I tell my sales organization is at the end of the day there's a couple of questions that we should ask. Number 1 is what I do business with me. Right? Mm. Number 2 is if my team did what I did today, how much money would we make? And then the third one is do I deserve to sleep tonight? Because of the efforts that I put in, right? Right. And so what Tell me about some of the stuff that you talk about in your transformation courses because you've been doing that for how many years now? Um, since for about five, six years. Five, six years. Five, six years. Yeah. Got it. So tell me about how long they are, what kind of things they learn. Tell me about some of the success stories because I know you've got a lot of right. success stories that come out from there. Um, so, I mean, it's been revolutionized several different ways, mm-hmm. um, but it's on average a four-day totally experiential program so it's different than traditional seminars where you're just sitting there you're just taking notes you're listening you know because you you walk away understanding it intellectually and cerebrally how our seminars are set up through guided meditations through group sharing through partner sharing partner exercises you actually experience the exercises okay and because when you're experiencing it it stays with you now a lot of things that you're going to learn in the seminar are stuff that you already know 
But the challenges is stuff that people have already told you that you don't really listen to. But when you get to that discovery yourself, that's what leads to commitment, right? That's what Socrates says. Self-discovery right. is what leads to commitment. Right. And so traditional personal development says this. It's like, you know, if there's a baseline, zero and 10, 10 being like your highest self, and we tell people to audit themselves, right? That's the first exercise we do. Like, hey, imagine subjectively someone switched bodies with you. Mm-hmm. And now they have your health. They have your sense of self, spirituality. They have your relationships and they have your business how would they rank your life on a scale from zero to ten ten being great most people would say on average three to four right wow now what tends to happen then is personal development traditional personal development says if you're three or four here's what you need to do to get to a ten right but the challenge with that is the more you try to get to a ten the more you're enforcing you're not a ten so what happens is even if you get level 10 experiences, you get level 10 accomplishments, what tends to happen is imposter syndrome kicks in, you start self-sabotaging, and you go back to whatever that number is. Right. Some people are even worse. Some people, that's their number, and they try to pull other people down. So what transformation does, says, is what if, you, what if you're already a 10? What if you're already your greatest self? You just bought into some BS beliefs that make you believe that you're a three. And so what we help you do is identify what those beliefs are and let it go. Mm-hmm. So instead of adding, we subtract. And then we do that through exercises. And it's, it's pretty cool. It's effective because, again, you're, you're living it and you're experiencing it. Right, right. I mean, you and I know, like, you know, when you watch those uh, commentary of the UFC and fighting, people yeah, go, yeah. man, if I was Conor McGregor, I would have done this. It's like, <laughs> if you've never been in a ring, right. like, you don't have that experience. You don't know. So it's like <laughs> transformation is the sparring for life. We learn the basics and we spar yeah. so you can go out there in the real world and actually practice what you're doing. That's awesome. So that's kind of it in a nutshell. I see that you just had an event in Vegas recently or something like that? Yeah, our first event. Yeah. Nice, man. How many people did you have there? Uh, because of COVID, we had 30. Yes. Yeah, 30 yeah, people. You can't have right now that many. Yeah. It's but crazy. our next one, we're going to have 90. That one's going to be in July. Nice. Yeah. Where's that one going to be? Vegas. Here's why. I've got some some employees that I want to connect with you and go to those events. So we're definitely going to talk about that okay. afterwards. Because I know that some of these transformation courses, right, they have such a huge impact. I've done the Landmark and a couple of different ones and yeah. whatnot. But yours, I know, are powerful. I've seen you firsthand for many years yeah. do transformation, not only in yourself, but in other people as yeah. well. People that I know. So I vouch for you 100%, bro. And so, and, and again, I got some employees that I'd love to send out there to, to... I mean, we have people, like, I'm talking about in the last five years, like, thousands of pounds lost. I'm talking about people, like, you know, got closer to God, whatever that God is for them. Right. You know what I mean? Um, we got people that have a higher sense of self and, you know, healed relationships. People that weren't in relationships that are now married. You know, I've, I've had the weird pleasure of marrying five people, not me marrying five people, but yeah, yeah. they chose me to be the ordained minister, which was interesting. I saw that, yeah. Um, we have a bunch of people that have their, you know, kids that have their parents back, parents that have their kids back, vice versa. Awesome. That's awesome. And then, you know, the byproduct also is money, right? People sure. have made a lot of money. Like people that, you know, came in making probably $1,000 a month now make millions. Really? You know what I mean? Yeah, like it's, it's, it's crazy. That is crazy, man. Tell me about, because we, we want to cater to entrepreneurs to big thinkers to ambitious people to people that want to go out there and crush it people that want to achieve right people that are driven and i know that you know you've achieved a lot but i don't from what i see right i may be wrong but from what i see not a lot was really given to you you really have gone after it and you know that's the name of the podcast driven not given tell me about one of your biggest failures or a time that you were riding high and then, you know, you had a, a moment in time that humbled you because everybody goes through that. Yeah. And the, th- the the challenge that I find is that a lot of times people think, 
because social media is such a highlight reel of people's right. lives. And it's not real. People don't really look like that. People's days aren't always that great. And people tend to compare themselves to these people that they're seeing, but they're only seeing a highlight reel. Yeah. And what would you, uh, what I want is the advice of some of your biggest failures, how you overcame them, because there's people that need to hear that because people are going through that. Now there's people that are going to go through that. So right. if you could share that with us, it'd be great. I mean, there's, there's, I mean, there's so many. Um, probably the biggest life-changing one recently uh, took place in 2018, December 2018. Um, I was in a relationship uh, with somebody that I absolutely loved and adored. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were in that relationship for five years. Right. And I kind of lost myself in that relationship. You know, I didn't realize that I, I was a codependent. And as a codependent, you lose your value, you place your value in the relationship. You sacrifice yourself for the other person. And what was crazy is like, man, we were together for five years. So naturally, I thought the natural progression was to get married, have kids. So, you know, you have all these expectations, right? And, you know, one of the things I learned from that, too, is no one really ever breaks your heart. They just break your expectations. That's really what it is because you Mm. thought certain things were Mm going to happen. And at that time, when she left, six months prior to that, you know, I left network marketing. Um, I was doing transformation full time. But the challenge of doing transformation full time um, in where I was doing it at, was one, we weren't making a lot of money. So most people don't know that. I was making per weekend on average just as much as what people were paying. And part of that was, you know, I don't want to go in, in, in too much detail or say anything bad about anybody. Sure, sure. It was just the partnership wasn't really working out. There's certain things that were happening that, you know, me being a codependent, I just trusted and didn't look at certain things or overlooked the red flags. Right. And so six months prior to her breaking up with me, I noticed there was a disconnect. And during that disconnect, I started doubling down on the relationship instead of doubling down on myself. So I stopped working out, you know, I, you know, lost my sense of self. I put everything to that relationship and, you know, I wasn't making money. And so what ended up happening was, you know, while that was happening, when she left, I was in the worst place in my life. So you can imagine I'm doing transformation, helping people, people are getting results, but I'm so deep into it that I haven't had time to do it for myself. Right. So now she's gone. I have a business that's not really flourishing, but it's fulfilling, but not profitable. Right. You know, I think there needs to be a balance. It needs to be profitable Absolutely. and fulfilling. Right. Um, so that was happening. You know, I didn't know who God was. I was like furthest away from the path. I believed in the universe, all these different things at that time. And, you know, I realized I was a codependent, but at that time, like it was so dark. Like I was like even contemplating suicide and that's the craziest thing. Yeah. Like I remember driving home one night and, um, down PCH, you look to the right and it's like all black, right? Cause of the ocean. And I just thought to myself like, man, it'd be so easy just to drive off. Right. Now, we all have different beliefs wow. and thoughts and stuff like that about depression, anxiety, mm-hmm. spiritual, religious, or whatever it is. The best way I can describe it, man, it was almost like that depression was like an entity that was like latched onto me. Like, you know what I mean? I like, that. I was not myself. And like, right. when I, find, I, I thought that thought, and I was like, no, I don't think that. That's not me. And really, when I made that realization, it was like something left. Wow. And it's through that moment, I had a realization. I go, okay, let's, let's, let's look at the facts, right? You know, there's a great book that says, it takes what it takes. And what happens is, you know, Russell, you know, there's a good example of Russell Wilson in that book. He's a quarterback. And there's a game he was down four touchdowns. And, you know, it takes what it takes. It means like you look at where you're at and where you need to go. And you take the emotions out of it. So I'm like, okay, this is where I'm at. This is where I want to go. This is the work that's going to requ- be required. So I looked at it and I go, man, now there's two relationships that have failed. Both lasted five years. Two totally different women. But my experience in, this, in both relationships were exactly the same. So I was the common denominator. I had to take responsibility, mm-hmm. right? They did what they did, but I chose them as partners. I overlooked certain things. There's things in me that I need to change. So responsibility. That's right. 
And so I went to therapy. I did a bunch of stuff, got different mentors, went to different works. And I realized it was even deeper than that. Those relationships didn't just extend in romantic relationships. It was also in business partnerships. So because of how I was, I tend to attract partners that, you know, either had borderline personality disorder, right? Or they were narcissists, right? And that's how I got myself in a lot of situations where I was taken advantage of. Things were not handed to me, maybe because I chose those people that didn't want to invest, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And so that was a whole realization. I started reinventing myself there. I'm like, man, if I don't want the next five years to look a lot like the last, I got to be a different person. Right. So if I keep doing what I'm doing, I'm going to keep getting what I'm getting. Basic sure. principles, right? right? You know, Albert Einstein says, you know, you know, man's mind lacks the capacity to solve the problems with the same level of thinking that created it. So right. I knew I needed to change it. And so through that, I started healing those wounds, started not becoming a codependent, valuing me. I went out there, dated a lot of different women. I had a lot of fun, you know, because mm-hmm. um, before up until then, I chose women that chose me first. Got it. Because, you know, as guy, women, it's easy. You know, right. guys, a little bit right. harder, right? Because you have to invest that time. Sure. And so I made this list of who I wanted, you know, what I wanted to attract. And that list completely changed because I started dating those women. I'm like, that's not what I want. Yeah. And then, so it was in that year that everything changed. I walked away from uh, from that business that I was in. Finally, walked away from that partner, and you know, I said, "Man, like, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to trust." And a big part of that was the was my 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 fiance that I have now. Like, she said to me, and I never had a partner say this. She's like, "Man, like, you're doing this business. You're not making any money, and it's like I know you love helping people and you care about people. That's why you stay." But she says, look, it's never going to get better than this. That's what she told me. It might be a little bit better, a little bit different, but this is as good as it's going to get. And she said, if you quit, I don't care about to take more hours, work you know, another job, whatever it is. I will support us until you find something else because that's how much I believe wow. in you. And for me, like that's what changed everything. Because we you know, She said something to me. She goes, if you have to justify to hold on to it, it's probably not worth holding on to. Mm. Because if it's something worth holding on to, you don't question it. You don't doubt it. It's there. Yeah. And so I walked away and like different things. And all of a sudden, it's like that energy I was holding on to, energy doesn't get created or destroyed, right? It just gets transferred. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, I attracted new business partners, better business partners because I was a healed person. So yes. I attracted a better romantic partner, business partners. And throughout a whole year, like we built something amazing. And, you know, that's how that event led up. Wow, that's so awesome. That was probably my biggest breakdown. But, man, just going through it. And I mean, you you got to go through it, right? I think it's Winston Churchill that says, "If you're going through hell, keep going." Yeah. So right? many people go through hell, and they just stick there. And That's like, right. Oh, they yeah. stick around and they sob. And I tell people, listen, man, winners is it isn't that winners don't have self doubt and don't have negative thoughts. We do. The difference is that we don't let them linger. Yeah. Most people here here's what they do. They pre they, they they replay their past failures and setbacks. Yeah, it's like a habit, right? It's and, like an anti highlight reel. Right, exactly. Hey, stay tuned for the second part of this podcast with Julian Dome.